Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, la la land. Justin, this brings me joy. I make one comment. This is what I love about Justin. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat, by the way. But our producer, Justin, will hear one thing and he will make it a thing for a month. Yeah. Nobody will ever understand what we're talking about. Nobody will get it. But yesterday, I mentioned La La Land on our show. I was on a tuk-tuk in Denver for Pride this weekend. I had a few adult beverages. And my fiancé got us a tuk-tuk ride through the city to another bar called Tight End. And wouldn't you know it, he played this song on the way yes, there. Amen. For, for everyone to hear. There was also some Phantom of the Opera involved. But that, that's neither here nor there. Justin? See, this is why I do it. Because people who watch, yes. watch or listen now, to yesterday now have a running thread. And oh, yes. it's a Do we have a back. listenership like that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. People tune in? Yeah. Amen. We do. I saw that land. I thought it was basic. Wait. Are wow. You, whoa, what? I said it. So you've given up on your dreams? Uh, You're so jaded by Hollywood that you can't even understand or appreciate the beauty that is La La Land? Yeah, I feel a lot of people feel that way, too. It was was pretty quiet. La La Land was best picture for a solid minute and a half. Yeah, I understand. Two minutes. Yeah. And I love that for them. La La Land is one of my favorite films of all time. There are people nodding in agreement with me, and then I'm just going to say that. Just not that many. Good morning. We have a great show planned for you coming up in about 15 minutes. The NFL jumps headfirst into pride. They're all in. Loving it. Great. Except for where was this uh, when Michael Sam came out a few years ago. So it's a little bit uh, erasure happening, perhaps. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny, too? People keep making this huge deal about the NFL, but like also Shikari Richardson is bisexual, a black woman. Yep. Who people, they're not also talking about. And I think that that, again, is a prime example of a white male coming out well, I think and a black female coming out. I will out. say this. I will say this in, in defense of that one. She has not come out and publicly just said it. She said in her tweets for years now that she's bisexual, but she hasn't like publicly addressed it or released a video like Carl Nassib did. So I think there is that. Also, though, to your point, though, there are a lot of queer black women on the U.S. track team this year. I know. So it's interesting that we're not really sort of just shining the light on all of that. But then again, culturally, it's a little bit different. You just saw Queen Latifah come out the other night at the BET Awards, and we've all known she was a lesbian for 20 years. Yeah. But. Also, I didn't realize Little Kim performed, and then I went back and watched it. Her face has had so much work. 
Oh, it's so sad, but also she's an, I, I forgot, like she's such an icon. The audience lost it when she went out there. Yeah, those, I mean, you got to think, and she's only like 4'10", and she was such a boss back in the day. Yeah, those cheekbones. I know, but also her talent is like unbelievable. That's right. Also, we're talking to Live Out Loud's Leo Preziosi uh, this hour, doing some really incredible stuff for our community. Can't wait to, sh- wait to share that with you. Um, and then we've got uh, Dr. James Simmons. Uh, is he on our show today, Justin? He's calling in for What the Health in our third hour, correct? Uh, uh, on this vaccine, uh, how long these vaccines are lasting. We know there's some good news about the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Not the greatest news for Johnson & Johnson, but the CDC now recommending that you wear masks indoors perhaps again. Uh, this Delta variant is no joke, and uh, he's here to keep us keep us safe and what the health a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but right now it is time for news on the beat. Michaela Gordon, it's your time to shine. <clears throat> okay, babe, well, there's a lot going on. Investigators are on the scene of the Florida condo collapse trying to figure out how and why a portion of the building came down. A six-person team of scientists, structural engineers, and geotechnical engineer from the National Institute of Standards and Technology is conducting a preliminary investigation of the collapsed building's materials, history, and applicable building codes at the time it was built, the surrounding ground, and other factors. Now, documents show condo owners were also facing assessments for about $15 million worth of repairs, with payments set to begin a week after the building's deadly fall, the tragedy has raised haunting questions about building integrity that reach far beyond South Florida. Meanwhile, families are still holding out hope for good news in the agonizing rescue process. So far, 11 people have died and 150 remain missing. It's just, just devastating. It's, it's so devastating that, they, that this letter in April just happened. Uh, I was telling our producer Justin this morning, there was a, uh, a young man who was interviewed on CNN the other day, and he said his mother other than just like the night before had called him and said uh, the, the, the night before that she was woken up in the middle of the night by creaking sounds. Like it sounded like the yeah. building was cracking. It's so sad. And she just went back to bed. <clears throat> it's devastating. Mm. All right, well, summer's here and it's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. Let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 106 in Cathedral City, 99 in Sacramento, 88 in St. Louis, 81 in Chicago, 82 in Buffalo, and 90 in Seattle. Now, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushy or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Okay, I <laughs> promise I don't pick these on purpose, Michaela. When you start taking care of yourself, you start feeling better, you start looking better, and you start to attract better. It all starts with you. I love that. As you and I are trying to drink more water. I have 700 (laughs) bottles of water in this room. All right, well, coming up, NFL says football is gay in a new commercial, but is their support a little tone deaf? We discuss coming up next. song again Justin you weirdo here's the thing about Justin he starts off these segments and doesn't tell us what he's doing and now he's playing music from the Las Vegas Raiders correct why because Carl Nassib came out as gay a week ago is this what the song is yes we went through this a week ago do you remember I this? literally don't remember this at all you had that exact same look on your face then <laughs> oh my god Well, apparently the uh, the NFL is all in for their gay players they fully stand behind Carl Nassib um, they changed their logo to a rainbow uh, they donated a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor project and that stuff is all great uh, this commercial, though, this 30-second spot begins with football as gay. Do you have audio of the spot, Justin? So let me just talk you through it then. Football as gay um, is some cheering plays in the background. It says football is lesbian, football is beautiful, football is queer, football is life, football is exciting, football is culture, football is transgender. It goes on to name a whole lot of things, basically. 
What it sounds to me like, and this is just me just calling a spade a spade, is football is about making money. So if they can make money off of more people, they're going to say all these things. Because here's my question. Where was this support in 2014 when the SEC Defensive Player of the Year drafted into the NFL, Michael Sam, came out as gay and never put on a uniform again? Yeah, I'm going to play Angel's Advocate, though, like you always say. Um, I don't agree. I think that... In 2014, people weren't taking risks. People weren't doing things. And we've been talking a lot about rainbow capitalism. But I think at some point, we have to be open to letting people really dive into the community. And I think it's a big deal that the NFL is saying, we're trans, we're lesbian, we're gay. Because they're turning off an entire audience of people that drive like Ford pickup trucks. Do you know what I'm saying? That's real. That's real. Um, So then I guess where would that – so 2014, I I, I get what you're saying. The culture has shifted a lot in seven years on on gay issues. I totally get it. Um, Colin Kaepernick, where were they during that? I mean they weren't supporting him at all. He never played again either. Right. Uh, When people kind of stand out and like share their voices, the NFL historically and Roger Goodell have not been really – they haven't reacted very well because of those fans. You talk about the pickup truck driving, you know. Right, you like know. the USA's of America. Like, yeah. I, I get it. And listen, I don't uh, <clears throat> look past the fact that, like, Colin Kaepernick, who's a black man fighting for, like, black and brown rights, didn't get any love. And then this white cis male who came out as gay got all of this attention. I still think that there's yeah. so many conversations to be had. But, you know, we're dealing with a lot of anti-trans bills right now and even just coming out of florida and i think that for uh specifically our trans brothers and sisters this is a big acknowledgement coming from the nfl no i hear that i do hear that and i do respect that um i i also know that the nfl is worth tens of billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars and so to give a hundred thousand dollar donation to the trevor project to me you're, you're matching as as a league you're matching what one individual man was able to give. That feels I'm like I, so I get it. And I'm not saying like I, I just wish and I hope that this leads to more programs and conversations about inclusion within the community within within the NFL community because if one person can come out of the closet and give literally a hundred thousand dollars and as an entire league you can only match that, that's problematic to me. Like put your money where twelve billion in revenue in twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's a difficult conversation. One of my dearest friends, he uh, he w- he's doing this whole comedy thing right now where he's making fun of Karens. He's playing a Karen character, and he's uh, talking about, like, rainbow capitalism and how everybody just hops on the bandwagon during Pride Month. We've had this discussion many times on the panel uh, that we've been having to be a part of. But what else, <clears throat> I guess my question is, like, we want their support. And then when they give their support, no, I'm okay. No, not you. I'm not. No, I'm not specifying you. you. I'm saying as a question for our listeners, for people who are making fun of these companies, what is it that we want? Like, do we want their support? And then when they give their support, consistency, right? But they've got to start somewhere. Sure, like, I got with it. this messaging. Yep, absolutely. But if you don't hold them accountable, they will gaslight people, and that's what happens. But I so, think us holding them accountable is, has created this messaging from the NFL, and hopefully, it stays consistent. Yep. But I think that again, with like cancel culture and all of these things, there's so many problems. There's going to continue being so many problems. But I think if they're doing, uh, 
if they're putting a foot towards the right direction, I think that I don't want to drag them because at least they're trying. I know when I try, I may do it wrong a few more times, but I'm like trying. Yeah, I understand that. But you're, 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 the valuation of the NFL, the valuation as of 2020 is $99 billion. Oh, I hear so, that. So, so they I'm could saying, have done a little so more. Indiv- but... Individuals trying and messing up is different than a whole entire league who has PR firms and lawyers and a gazillion people working for them and 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 testing testing out every single bit of messaging before it comes out. Let's be super crystal clear. They didn't just willy-nilly put out this commercial. They focus group tested this stuff to the death to figure out if they could still make money off of it and move forward. And they made the calculation that it's safe at this point to finally move forward and support something that maybe they did support 20 years ago, but we didn't know about. We actually heard one uh, a sort of iconic NFL player was talking about just this, how he had a couple of gay teammates in the 90s. We had a, a gay player in our locker room uh, in the, I think it was the mid to late 90s. And I think we might have had two, but... Uh, that wasn't what we were focused on. We were focused on winning games and each and every person that was in that locker room contributing to the goal at hand, which was winning football games. Yeah, that is uh, Bruce Smith played for the Bills back in the 90s. And listen, I'm all about creating space for people to do better and to learn better because I've, I've had to do that. I've had to learn so many things. Just working here the last year and a half, yeah. learning pronouns for me has not been the easiest thing as an author who hears the word they and thinks plural, that's been a difficult Listen, thing for me to figure I out. I learned this weekend that there are new pronouns, fey and femme. Yep, didn't know those either. I mean, whether or not you agree, you disagree, those uh, those are pronouns, and those are things that people want to be respected by. Yeah. And I think that we've just been so focused on, and I, and I will always take the side of our community, and I do believe that I, I don't like when people make money off of our community. But if, how do I say, like, they're going to make money off of our community. Yep, and I'm okay with that as long as some of that money goes back into our community. Yeah. I think I think that's the issue. So it, it, it's a thing, like, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep holding them accountable. But if five years from now they're still consistently doing this, great. Yeah, I agree. If it's one year and we don't hear about this again for another five years, that's a problem for me. Yeah, and that's kind of I think where I'm coming from. I feel that. All right. Well, coming up, uh, we're talking with T-Mobile uh, for for T-Mobile Live Out Loud, Leo Preziosi, another Italian. Can't wait. Coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, as we continue celebrating Pride all month long, although it is 365 days a year here at Channel Q, we're giving it a little extra love uh, during the month of June, of course. And we're so excited to be joined by our next guest. Uh, Leo Preziosi Jr. is the founder and executive director of Live Out Loud, celebrating your 20th anniversary this year. Congratulations on that, and welcome to the Morning Beat, Leo. How are you? AJ, thank you. Um, Great to be here. Yeah, it's hard to believe 20 years has come and gone so quickly. Um, We are incredibly unfortunate um, to really develop the programs that we've developed. And, oh, my God, there's so much more work to do. Uh, So it's exciting. (laughs) I feel like, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's still much more to to, do. dive deeply in. Well, let's do that right now. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the mission of Live Out Loud? Sure. You know, we um, are about working with the community, working with families, with schools, with teachers. We want to provide LGBTQ youth with resources, with different opportunities, and especially LGBTQ plus role models. We, we really are guiding them to find their very unique voice so then they will become um, or they will become the next um, leaders in the community. And that's what we want. And, and that's exciting to see um, through the conversations that we're having um, at the schools that we partner with. Well, it's really interesting to me. You talk about your 20th anniversary, and I'm, I'm sure you look back at some of the success stories over the years. Uh, the youth of 20 years ago, they're now the leaders and the thought, you know, uh, provokers of this generation now. Uh, what sort of changes have you seen with our youth over the course of the last two decades? The young people today are incredibly insightful, um, and we've seen it this past year and a half through the pandemic. They're incredibly resilient and they're incredibly educated um, about the LGBT community. Our lessons are about LGBT culture and history and topical issues, and they have such a great grasp on it. Um, so it's, it's interesting because it's, it's being more and more infused um, into the community, whether it's through the media or whether it's through, with, through the schools or through programs like ours. So I feel like there's, they're much more educated um, in some cases, and in some cases, not as much, mm. you know. So it's, it's definitely, you know, goes back and forth. Um, but I am incredibly excited, incredibly hopeful uh, with this, uh, this new, younger generation um, I, I, I agree with that. You know, I'm, I just turned 40 this last year and speaking to some of these younger guests we have on our show sometimes, I'm really excited about the future of our community. Um, but for those who maybe do need your help, who are looking for the services that Live Out Loud provides, uh, what sort of services could they expect? Yeah, you know, we are excited um, because we've been partnering with schools in the five boroughs of Manhattan um, this past year school year, we've, we've partnered with 29 high schools on a monthly basis. So we're, we partner with their gender sexuality clubs. Um, 
we uh, bring our lesson plans, um, our programming team brings the lesson plans to the schools um, virtually um, this last year and a half. And, and what we've learned, you know, uh, it's, 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 you know, the top of the list in the past pre-COVID was LGBT culture and history and topical issues. But what we've learned and what we've pivoted was to really uh, build community, you know, to really build this platform where there's more sharing um, and, and where students can really step up and, and share and also be creative. We want the students uh, to take the lead. Um, and when one student starts to share and open up, opens up and becomes vulnerable, it, it sets the stage. And also when our team um, is, is vulnerable, again, it allows other people in the, in the, in the classroom to be vulnerable. And that's, um, that's just been a great connector. You talk about how our uh, LGBTQ youth have changed over the years, and I think vulnerability uh, and, and using that as a strength and showcasing it for what it actually is is definitely an indicator of some of the great work you've been doing at Live Out Loud uh, for the last 20 years. Congratulations on 20 years. Uh, good luck on the next 20. Uh, Leo Preziosi, Jr., founder and executive director of Live Out Loud, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Pride. Stay safe. Yes, thank you, AJ. Happy Pride. Also, shout out to T-Mobile. Uh, thank you for creating space to have these conversations. It's really been incredible this entire Pride Month. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. All right, well, coming up, speaking of Pride, uh, we're continuing Pride as uh, we're watching Drag Race all season. But unfortunately for Canada, they're losing two major players, and we discuss in What's Poppin'. It's almost time for What's Poppin'. I do want to remind you, though, that Pride Month is not quite over just yet. We still have a couple of days to raise some money for LGBTQ youth and seniors in need. Here's how you can help. Grab your phone, text the word FRIDGE to 20357. We've partnered with with Ralph's and Food for Less, and they're going to match donations uh, for the next couple of days until Pride Month is over. Uh, This is all going to help the Los Angeles LGBT Center fill the fridge uh, this season. So your your donation will be matched. So your donation is going to be doubled. So your donation is going to go a lot further. So once again, text the word FRIDGE to 20357. Michaela. Drag Race News, what's poppin'? Drag Race News, well, it's uh, talking about the upcoming season of Canada's Drag Race. Uh, The Canadian version of the Emmy-winning RuPaul's Drag Race franchise took to Twitter the other day to announce that runway model Stacey McKenzie, who we spoke to, unfortunately won't be able to return to the series as a regular judge. The tweet said, uh, fans were sad to share that Stacey McKenzie won't be able to return for season two. Due to COVID-related challenges, will miss her killer looks, positive vibes, and energy, energy, but know that she'll be cheering on the season two queens. Stay tuned for updates on our judges soon. Now, this just comes off the heels of Jeffrey uh, Bauer Chapman leaving the show as well, uh, only to leave Brooklyn Heights. We spoke to all of the judges, actually, and we recently spoke to Brooklyn Heights when she released her new single. Um, and uh, So Brooklyn was Brooklyn in, on RuPaul's Drag Race America? Yes. Season and 11. And she was. It was between her and Evie Oddly, and Evie Oddly won. Oh. I was actually at that finale, sitting in the front row with Chester, and I was obsessed with Brooklyn. Um, but Brooklyn is from Canada, so it, it, it. makes sense that she would stay... But I think this happens, that um, that people have to leave. They have to do their own thing. A lot of things are going to change, I think, now that we're out of COVID. Yep. With more opportunities opening up. It's and- fascinating that Jeffrey Bauer Chapman got uh, 
got so dragged and people are saying it's because he didn't have knowledge of, of the drag world and, and i think it's probably really because he was just really kind of mean in his critiques actually and not very kind on the show really? want, yeah yeah was he, he mean week after week after week he was dragged for just being snotty to, to the contestants Ew. yeah he's not very supportive at all and because i don't think it's about not being in the drag world because you know carson kressley and ross matthews here in the united states they're not in the drag world but they appreciate drag and and they yeah you have to have a full appreciation yeah they tend to be or todrick although todrick has done drag for many years you know in different performances um but yeah i feel like they're going through a transition up there hopefully they figure well, it yeah, out yeah but todrick did not start doing drag until after he was a guest judge for a couple seasons was that after kinky boots or before kinky boots he was judging before kinky boots got it yeah yeah and it opened up his eyes yeah he you know what's so funny about todrick when we uh for the first couple of years of our friendship he was very conservative yeah yeah and i know i remember very like mm-hmm. buttoned up and then all of a sudden years later he started really opening up and, and trying new things and it's been wonderful i mean now he has a whole album well, called femulin think about how he was treated on american idol though and simon cal was very problematic back in the day and and they might have liked him and thought he was talented but they thought he was too like a lot of they would always give this note it's too broadway it's yeah. too theatrical it's too like flamboyant it's it's those are all Keywords for gay. They're trying to say too gay. Yeah. And I think that's a problem that the show used to have that maybe it's a little bit different now with the different judges and a new mm-hmm. modern twist, but uh, he sure showed them. Yeah, he sure mm. did. All right, well, uh, coming up in our next hour, the White House has an LGBTQ uh, out first lady. And I didn't know this, but we have all the details. What? The story just came out, and it's not me playing Melania Trump. It's like a real thing. Coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning View. have a great hour coming up for you. Uh, turns out that uh, the White House has had a lesbian first lady. Hmm? So weird. Don't, don't don't even say Michelle Obama. If you say don't Michelle. Don't even go there. Hillary, I could sort of see. Like lesbian. Her. Wellesley, I mean, there are rumors. Lots and lots of rumors. But uh, that would explain the whole Bill thing, too. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. It's neither of them. You might be shocked by who it is, though. Okay. And then coming up in our next hour, we've got Dr. James Simmons uh, on our show. As this Delta variant gets worse and worse across the country, uh, they're talking about masks once again indoors here in Los Angeles County. We just took them off a week or two ago. Um, but he's keeping us up to date and keeping us safe in What the Health in the next hour. So stick around for that. Right now, though, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, it's your time to shine. All right, babe. Well, the threat of the Delta variant has some health officials rethinking COVID-19 measures. Even among vaccinated people, experts have said vaccines like those from Moderna and Pfizer provide high amounts of protection against the variant. But some warn breakthroughs could become more likely if the virus becomes more prevalent. Already in L.A. County, officials have reinstated mask guidance for public indoor spaces, regardless of vaccination status. Other parts of the world are getting even stricter. South Africa has entered at least two weeks of lockdown to combat a third wave of COVID-19 linked to the Delta variant. About 10 million Australians, including residents in four of the country's eight capital cities, are also under lockdown. Australia's getting hit hard. No. And also, what's going on with India? We haven't heard about India lately, and it was really, really bad there a month ago. I can't imagine this any better. Yeah. I mean, it's probably all just getting worse as so as, as the U.S. is now uh, having to put their masks back on. Mm. It's not mandated yet, but I could see it getting mandated yeah. again.
very quickly. Um, all right, another news. The Supreme Court left in place a decision that allowed a transgender student to use the bathroom that corresponded to his gender identity. It is a victory for the LGBTQ community, which worried the conservative-leaning high court would reverse the lower court's decision. The case originated in Virginia, and the ruling covers several states, which means students in those areas can use the bathroom that corresponds to their gender identity. The issue is unsettled in other states, and another appeal could conceivably make its way back to the Supreme Court. In related news, California announced it will ban state-funded travel to Arkansas, Florida, Montana, North Dakota, and West Virginia over what it deems anti-LGBTQ laws recently enacted there. Uh, All right, rounding out news, the unprecedented heat wave in the U.S. Northwest rages on, painting a harrowing picture of the kind of extreme temperatures the climate crisis will bring. Portland has set all-time high temperature records, topping out yesterday at 115 degrees. Seattle also reached a record high of 107 degrees. The outdoor venues and services have had to close. And at Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon, the U.S. Olympic track and field trials were suspended Sunday due to extreme heat. Even more concerning, a lack of air conditioning in some major cities has exasperated health concerns. Experts say the Pacific Northwest is not prepared for heat of this caliber. Now let's get into a little weather. Uh, Speaking of heat, summer's here and it's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 88 in Seattle, 106 in Phoenix, 84 in Miami, 79 in Kansas City, 106 in Palm Springs, 100 in Vegas, 81 in LA, and 95 in New York. Now at McDonald's, you can get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just two bucks. Now hit us with the vibe of the day, babe. When you start taking care of yourself, you start feeling better, you start looking better, and you start to attract better. It all starts with you. It As always we does. Sip our little waters. Oh, yeah, uh, that I part. love that. All right, coming up, a White House exhibit celebrates LGBTQ plus Americans and a lesbian first lady. We've got the details next. So the difference between the last administration and the current one when it comes to all things pride could not be more stark. Whenever we speak to a log cabin Republican, for instance, it blows my mind that we don't see how very, very different it is. Right. Just representation seems to not matter at all to gay Republicans, and I don't get that. I don't understand it. Uh, The White House, rainbow once again. Uh, And they've actually got exhibits in the White House for LGBTQIA Pride Month uh, celebrating Americans who have, you know, courageously fought for equality, inclusion, diversity. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, we're talking Marsha P. Johnson, Harvey Milk. I mean, those are icons, right? We all know about them. Um, But uh, they curated these collections from the Smithsonian Institute. uh, And it also centers on the story of one little lesbian Lesbian. by the name of Rose Cleveland. Not Rose Cleveland. She was the lesbian sister of Grover Cleveland uh, and served as the first lady for a portion of of her brother's first term as president, oh, which is interesting. Wow. How on earth was she a first lady, but she was just his sister because he was single? Yeah, he was unmarried. So she's the first lady? That's so weird. Is that how it goes if you're a president and you back go into then, the... What year? What, when did he serve as president, Justin? Uh, late 1800s, I'll get you the dates in a second. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. I remember I was I was like 11 or 12 at the time. I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is kind of cool, though. We had a lesbian first lady. 
I love the, it. You're not the first one, Melania. And I won't be the last. Well, I'm telling you, it's uh, odd because to think of all, obviously, the presidents we've had, none of them have been gay. Like, Oh, we've had a couple. I mean, we've had to. Right. So let's just talk. Okay. So first of all, he was president. uh, He was the 22nd and the 24th president. He actually lost and won again. He was president from 1885 uh, to 1889. And then again from 1893 to 1897. Um, So he became president about, uh, was that 20 years after the Civil War? 1865 is that ended roughly. Um, we've definitely had some gay presidents. Who's the gayest president you think we've had, Justin? I know you have an idea. James Buchanan. Oh well, he yeah, obviously yeah, he was the gay right. Like yeah, we think they, he actually was gay. They thought he was gay. Yes. Was he married? No, he was a lifelong bachelor. Yeah. Oh. I mean, bachelor back then, you know what so that gay. means? So gay. Look, uh, hey, look at Colton Underwood. He was literally okay. a bachelor. Now look. And now he's the gay. Um, I think well, I've also heard a lot of rumors about Abraham Lincoln. Have you heard those? No. That Mary, yes, I heard. I heard rumors. I read a book one time years ago that he was closeted, uh, closeted bisexual or gay man, perhaps, and that they blamed part of Mary Todd's uh, mental state on the fact that her husband was actually gay. But they actually called her crazy and hysteric and all these other hysterical and all these other things. Uh, but actually, in actuality, uh, they're saying at the time it was because of that. Well, I mean, look, we're kidding ourselves if we think like being gay didn't exist because it was like the 1800s. (laughs) Maybe it couldn't be more public, but of course I think that, you know, the gays were still around. I want to know who created the heel for men. Okay, so that's the thing. Men wore heels before women did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden- They dressed fancier than women. Yes. They wore like doilies on their chests. They had long hair. They put their hair in curlers. <laughs> I mean, think about I know. it. And put powder in their hairs. Yeah. And wear ruffles. Yes. And feathers and all sorts and tights. Totally. And lace. Yes. Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's, everyone was gay then. So basically, drag queens are just reclaiming their heritage. Yeah, that's all. I will say this. Like, I love her to death, but I really thought that that when I saw this headline about our first lesbian, you thought it was for, Hillary I thought Clinton. It was Hillary Clinton for I sure. thought so too. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Pete. Uh, would have been our first gay president. Uh, kind of. He had thoughts, though. Uh, yeah. People will elect the, the person who will make the best president. And uh, we have had excellent presidents who have been young. We have had excellent presidents who have been liberal. Uh, I would imagine we've probably had excellent presidents who were gay. We just didn't know which ones. <gasps> yeah, he, but that's what I'm saying. I remember when he said that, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've come such a far, such a long way. But um, You know what's also interesting to me, though? You talk about these kids, all these surveys now, young people under the age of 25 or whatever, and how many of them identify as queer, somewhere on the spectrum, non-binary, gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever, right? And the number is astronomically higher than it was even 20, 30 years ago when we were young, mm-hmm. right? You got to think that in a different in a different era, so many of those presidents or, or elected officials could have been openly gay or openly bisexual or non-binary or whatever the case may be. It's just, and that, that doesn't mean that it wasn't innately in them. Maybe it was, but maybe because of the times, they never actively lived the lifestyle oh, yeah. or openly lived the lifestyle. That doesn't mean they weren't still gay. Right. So guys, we're on the precipice of a, essentially a new generation Gen Z and like all these people that are starting to come out, be more open. We have a woman vice president, yep. a gay cabinet secretary. What do you think comes first, a gay president or a woman president? A woman president. I think a woman. Really? But I think I wouldn't be shocked if she were a lesbian either, though. 
Yeah. I think that could also happen. I, would I love think to see that, that. I, uh, I think that could happen first. Um, that's a really actually interesting. I mean, I think that's why they push for Kamala so hard because you yeah. know, if anything happened to Joe Biden, God forbid, we trust that Kamala would be able to like mm-hmm. handle it and take care of it. And, and she, I think she could. And she checks a lot of boxes. I mean, she's she's Asian and she's black and she's a woman. She's a lot of you know Southeast Asian, but um. Yeah, I, that's an interesting question. I remember when Barack Obama was running against Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and this sort of question came up. Are we going to have a black man or a white woman as our first president? And you would think, sort of based on the whiteness of it all, that it was Hillary's to win, right? And I remember— But does that say something about our culture and, like, the patriarchy of it all? Like- oh, a thousand percent. No, I and I, I made this argument many times because if you looked at the 20, or 2008 election— um, the states that voted by caucus, meaning you vote publicly, uh, overwhelmingly went for Barack Obama. But the states where there were pr- primaries, where it was a traditional voting secret ballot, Hillary Clinton won almost every single major state. And what that told me was that in our culture today, it's it's easier to be outwardly sexist than it is to be outwardly racist. racist. But privately, people are still more racist. Yeah. And that's what I pulled from that. And it, it, it was fascinating to me. And I also remember when Oprah Winfrey had not in, endorsed anybody yet, pretty early on. And I remember she, her entire show really was about women, empowering women for so many years while she was on the air. And then she came out and endorsed Barack Obama. And I was like, that's interesting to me. Yeah. I remember thinking, will she, will she lean into her femininity, to her femaleness, or into her blackness? And she chose blackness. Well, it's unfortunate because I also think that Hillary would have been an incredible president. A thousand percent. It had nothing to do with her being a woman, but if a woman was going to represent, and I as a woman would have loved that. Mm -hmm. Because listen, we still deal with so much misogyny. We still deal with so much of the patriarchy telling us what to do. I say it all the time, whether you're a gay man or a straight man or a black man, every man takes precedent over a woman. Mm -hmm. And it would have just been so nice to see Hillary. But I think that's why people are excited with Kamala. Yeah. I think that it is going to be interesting. We're going to see, and this is what the Republican Party and, and white men in particular, straight cis, you know, white men are so afraid of, is that we're seeing a, we're in a, we're in a watershed moment now. It was Barack Obama first, and there was a blip and a pushback with Donald Trump, and now it's Kamala. And I think that's going to be more common than not. And I think that the demographics of who we see in the White House over the next 40 years is going to be very, very different than the the past 40. Absolutely. Which is great. All right. Well, in other news, could humor help you move ahead in your career? God, I hope so. I have a personal opinion. Uh, Well, Mm. okay. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Dwight. Hey, is it me? Or does this place smell like updog? What's updog? Gotcha. Oh, God. The office is eternally classic. Even the American version actually oh, yeah. held up pretty, pretty well. Uh, but the big question of the day, uh, can humor make you more successful at work? Does it work outside of the context of just a sitcom? In actual workplaces, does it get you further? A million percent. Uh, according to a new survey by Account Temps, uh, the staffing agency discovered four out of five CFOs said an employee's sense of humor plays an important role in how the employee will fit in. In fact, harnessing humor can become your superpower. Could not agree more. I can agree more. Listen, I've had multiple jobs or gigs and even things that I may have not been qualified for or even things that like didn't necessarily make sense. My sense of humor is always sort of like even when Lisa and I are fighting, let's say, even in my own relationships, if I can make her laugh, the mm-hmm. fight is over. Always. If I have no idea what I'm doing at my job, mm-hmm. if I'm funny, I've always gotten myself out of it. Two ways to end a fight in a relationship. Physical contact, like a hug or a hand on a shoulder or a knee or something like that. But sometimes you can't get there because you're so, so mad that you can't do it. The other way, crack a joke. Yeah. You can crack a joke and get them to smile just a little bit. Our producer Justin's annoyed by us basically for five hours a day. Yeah. Every single day. Just five hours? Just five hours. But every now and then we get him to, if we see a little bit of a grin, we know we've got an opening and then we go for it. So when we, like, for instance, when you do a promo at the end of our show, every now and then, he grins. Even though he doesn't want us to know that he thinks it's funny, Yeah, he's laughing inside. We know. We know, yeah. we, we know we're funny. Listen, I would prefer to interact with somebody who's funny. I also think that being funny is such a sign of high intelligence. A thousand percent. And it's super, super sexy. Yeah, it's so sexy. I've always said this. If I, God forbid, me and Lisa ever broke up, which uh, we never will, but... My, like, especially now, my type is just somebody who's funny. Like, if you can make me laugh, well, you oftentimes, it's over. You oftentimes see, like, those couples that seem mismatched. Like, the really, really hot girl and, like, the banging bikini who's, like, with a guy who's, like, just looks very average. Yeah. And then you spend some time with them, and the guy's hilarious. Kind, charm, charming, like, totally. sweethearted. And you're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Now I understand. Or vice versa. Um, but I feel like it's more often the hot girl with, like, the funny guy. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the bit of advice, because I get people, literally a guy just reached out to me a little bit ago on Instagram asking me for advice. How to get into the industry. How to become a TV host. How to become a radio host. Whatever. And my advice is always, always, always um, learn everything you can. Work as hard as you can. Be nice to people. And, like, just be fun. Yeah. Because the real, the, the truth is... Now, you have to be like have some skill set to be an actor. But even then, it comes down to multiple people who might be great for the job, whether you're an actor, whether you're a radio host, whether you're working in an office setting. If multiple people are equally qualified for the job, it's going to go to the person who the the the, the person doing the hiring 
who they enjoy being around. Yeah. Every single time. Listen, nobody enjoys... Um, a Debbie Downer. No, no. A negative Nancy. Nobody loves more than somebody who can just be funny. If you're cackling all day yes. long, it just changes your mood. It makes your day go by so much faster. Yeah. Like, Justin, I can tell you want to say something. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I totally agree with you guys. I want to be around people that are funny all the time. I yeah. wish you were funnier. I would enjoy wow. that. I wish you would just work on your humor a little bit. Well, a little aggressive. <laughs> he, has, he does. He's got dad jokes. He does have dad jokes all day, every and day. And we appreciate them. Did you have dad jokes before you were a dad, though? Yes. I, I think it just comes with the territory. Like, yeah. That's part of the pamphlet. No, uh, he had, no, jokes, I knew him pre-fatherhood. He had dad jokes. Yeah, I met you as you were becoming a father. Yeah. Yeah, mm. he was already preparing the dad well, jokes. Well, according to Jennifer Acker, she's a professor at Stanford Graduate School of Business and also the co-author of Humor, Seriously, Currency. A humor is the secret weapon to be more effective at work and be more joyful in life, yet it is vastly under-leveraged in most workplaces today. And I think this is where, to be honest, we all have a little bit of that sort of um what is it called imposter syndrome right yeah whenever you start to get to any success level in your career i don't care if you're in hollywood or if you're in omaha nebraska you get to a certain level of success and many of us have that sort of imposter syndrome that starts to come in and you think they're going to figure out who i really am they're going to realize that i've been fast talking my entire life that i'm just witty and funny and i've confused them enough to and trick them into thinking that i'm very talented but actually Using humor as a currency is is brilliant, valuable. Yeah, of course it works. You do. You have to be smart to be funny. You're and, real, uh, really funny. Thank you, babe. That's why I've gotten every single job. I've never been qualified. I'm just funny. So well, I, like, well, I say that often too. People ask me like, what what about auditions? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Flub the audition. That doesn't matter. Yeah. It's how you recover if you do flub and how you leave that person. How you make the the, the, the old saying: people don't remember what you say to them; they remember how you make them feel. Yeah. That's what this, this is. This is about that. A thousand percent. Make people laugh. So be funny. All right, coming up, find out why Kim Kardashian is headed to the Olympics. What? We discuss. I know next. Listen, I know it's time for What's Poppin', but I have to say how much I love that song. Every day we play it. I love it. I love Jesse J. I feel like her voice... I feel like Jessie J has not gotten the, the credit shine she, deserves. she deserves. She's such a powerhouse. She's and honestly, I feel like she's I don't want to say better because I don't like to compare, but she's absolutely up there with all of the icons that yeah. we listen to I will vocally. Say, I will say this. I've interviewed her, uh, sit down one-on-one, lots of time together, and she's just so super down to earth, and I don't think she cares about the fame. Yeah. I think she's one of those. She's sort of like, you know, Florence. Yeah. She's kind of like one of those vocalists that's such a powerhouse, but also like, I'm good just being a great singer and making my money. I don't need to be Beyonce. By the way, though, Beyonce... Did you see what Tina Lawson posted yesterday? What? Tina Lawson posted um, some audio, like an audio track of uh, somebody who worked with Beyonce and how she is able to match uh, her vocals to a guitar riff. Well, you know what happened. Oh my gosh, she's incredible. So Trick Daddy did an interview recently where he was dragging Beyonce. He was like, I don't think she's the best singer. I don't think she sounds that good. I was waiting to see what was going to be the comeback because he also went after Jay-Z saying he wasn't the best rapper of our generation Oh, her mom posted. So that tracks that Tina posted that. Can we get this and play it maybe news on the beat in a little bit because I really want people to hear this. Yeah, because it's so difficult also. I sent it to my sister and I had chills. Yeah. Her voice is pretty phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Um, 
You know who else is kind of phenomenal? Who? Who has made a career out of what? We're not sure. Kim Kardashian. That's right. What's popping? Okay, well, Kim Kardashian West shapewear brand Skims will supply Team USA with undergarments, loungewear, and pajamas for the Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics. Uh, it was announced yesterday. The women's wear collection features sports bras, shirts, vests, cycle shorts, and high-waisted brief printed with American flags, the five Olympic rings, and Team USA branding. I'm going to tell you something. Say what you will about the Kardashian women. Say what you will about the sex tapes. This is the same woman that is trying to become an attorney and has now gotten her clothing brand to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. That's such a big deal. That's so crazy to me. She's also gotten people out of prison. Yes. For long-term sentences that were not accurate or fair. Yeah. Um, I love Kim Kardashian. I, and do I know too. that their whole family's been dragged, but I think there's I think there's a word for that. It's misogyny. They're really, really strong women. Yep. They talk about the curse. I watched their finale, their interview recently with um the reunion episode with Andy Cohen. And Kendall talked about this. She's like, I don't I don't speak up on this a lot, but I'm glad you brought this up. People talk about the curse of all the men who date these Kardashian and Jenner women. She's like, those men are doing just fine. They're playing in the NBA. They're making their money. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. Like nobody talks about the women. Like why? Why are we the curse? Yeah. What if it's? What if they're the problem? Mm-hmm. We're still succeeding. Yeah. So why do you put that on the woman all the time? Listen, I think that people wanted to make fun of the Kardashians because they came off ditzy and dumb in the beginning, and it was off of a sex tape. I think that people are having a very hard time swallowing the fact that they've become full business women, and that they're strong women that are still. In glamour. I mean, somebody asked him, do you think that you're setting um, unrealistic beauty standards? And she said, I don't. We wake up every morning. We work out. Yep. We put our health first. Mm-hmm. We get little nips and tucks here. But I agree with that. And I think that people just like to make fun of people because they don't know how to fix themselves. Well, they like to minimize her and bring her all the way down to a sex tape. As if, as if, as if that's something to be ashamed of, by the way. You know who else has a sex tape? I do. I made one like two weeks ago. Yeah. We deleted it. It's probably in the iCloud somewhere. Don't go find it. But we've all done it. Yeah. We've all done it at some point in our lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and hers just happened to get leaked. And Justin, what's that smirk on your face? You've made a sex Never tape. Never done it. You were such no. a liar. Oh, not it. because of you, because of Lauren then. No, well, Because she's an attorney and doesn't want that out there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. You would do it, you freak. I know you. All right, it's well, okay. It's all good. Coming up in What the Health, Dr. James joins us to talk about the vaccine lasting for years and this new Delta variant. How dangerous is it? We'll talk about it in the next hour. Welcome back to the Morning Beat Us. The situation continues to unfold. Day six in Surfside, Florida. Uh, a survivor gives a harrowing account of escaping the condo collapse. There have been a few survivors, not many. Uh, the death count is now at 11, uh, and that number will only go up. Um, Joe Biden uh, and his wife will be heading down there, the first lady, uh, later this week to tour. I guess tour is the worst way to put that, but to see the devastation uh, that took place at the condo collapse. It's just, I, Michaela, I know you're going to talk about this and you've got some updates and, and news on the beat, but it's it's just unfathomable to me that in the United States in 2021, a building just falls down full of people. Yeah. It feels like something that happened somewhere else. A thousand percent. And, and, you know, and, and infrastructure is a big hot button issue right now. For some reason, it's people are debating it and, 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 and our country has been what it's been for so many years, but we're aging. We're not like the spring 
a spring chicken anymore. Like yeah. we're, we're an older country now. We're getting there. And, and things like infrastructure are very, very real. I saw a post on social media this morning. I think it was out of Portland, Oregon. And, um, and it was, uh, from the local, uh, whoever handles like the utilities. And there was a photo of a generator or, or, or a wire and it was melting because they're in a massive heat wave wave right now. And they're like, uh, if you're wondering why there's power outages today, uh, it's because of this. And if you think climate change isn't real, this is what it is. So when you hear Republicans say things like, well, we don't want to talk about that climate stuff and this infrastructure bill, because that's sort of what they're arguing right now. They, 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 they exist together. Yeah. This building collapsed in Surfside, Florida because of the ocean, because of salt water and wind and rain and weather. That's why this building collapsed. Yeah. And it will happen again. Listen, me and Lisa used to live in a beautiful high rise in Vegas. And I'll tell you, just to get so hot in Vegas. And it was like a newer building. But even just the heat mm-hmm. that would come, we're talking 115 degrees against the windows. They get like you could see just like melting. At it was, some point, yeah. the weather catches up. It really does. Like this is this is not our planet. We're visitors. You know, so say that part these again. conversations are very real. And uh, I'm going to let you take it uh, take it away for news on the beat in just a second. I do want to remind our listeners in 10 minutes from right now, Dr. James joins us for What the Health, uh, talking about the lasting effects of these vaccines, how impactful they are at protecting us, especially against this new Delta variant. As here in L.A. County, uh, there's recommendations to put masks back on indoors. So this is it's, it's an ever-changing situation, constantly in flux this pandemic. Uh, we thought we were through it and maybe not so so much uh, just yet. Yeah. Um, but Michaela, it is time for News on the Beat. What do you have for us? Well, investigators are on the scene of the Florida condo collapse trying to figure out how and why a portion of the building came down. A six-person team of scientists, structural engineers, and a geotechnical engineer from the National Institute of Standards and Technology is conducting a preliminary investigation of the collapsed building's materials, history, and applicable building codes at the time it was built. The surrounding ground and other factors. Now, documents show condo owners were also facing assessments for about $15 million worth of repairs, with payments set to begin a week after the building's deadly fall. The tragedy has raised haunting questions about building integrity that reach far beyond South Florida. Meanwhile, families are still holding out hope for good news in the agonizing rescue process. So far, 11 people have died and 150 remain missing. You make such an important point right there. This is so much more far-reaching than, than, than this one building in Florida. Mm-hmm. But there are still residents in the building next door who that was built exactly the same way, identical. And they're saying they're we're staying. not moving out. We're staying. We're staying. It's just... Awful. Yeah. Um, okay, well, summer is here, and it's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 93 in New York, 100 in Vegas, 84 in Houston, 66 in San Francisco, 106 in Phoenix, 95 in Baltimore, 90 in Cleveland, and a high of 106 in Indio. Now, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushy or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now, give us a vibe of the day, please. When you start taking care of yourself, you start feeling better, you start looking better, and you start to attract better. It all starts with you. I love that. All right, well, coming up, we're talking health and what the health. Dr. James joins us to talk about the vaccine lasting for years and also this new deadly Delta variant coming up next. You're listening to The Morning Beat. It is time for another round of What the Health with our favorite in-house doctor, Dr. James. How are you? 
Good morning, I am well. How are y'all? We're, we're good, good, we're good. Doc. We're good. We're a little bit nervous, Ooh, though. There's a um, lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, on on the, the good side, uh, these vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna especially, are proving to have uh, really good track records long-term in protecting us from coronavirus. The bad news is that this Delta variant is very deadly. It's very dangerous. Here in L.A. County alone, there's now uh, a recommendation that we start wearing our mask indoors again. Uh, where do we stand? What do you know? Yeah, this this whole thing is uh, a little bit concerning for our unvaccinated population and a little bit disheartening. But also, like you said, AJ, there's some good news in there. So, uh, you know, L.A. County, <clears throat> excuse me, for folks who may not have heard, they just issued this last night. Um, they're urging people, even vaccinated folks, to go ahead and put your mask back on in indoor large public spaces. If you choose, it's not a mandate. They're very explicitly want businesses to remain open. They do not want any more impacts to the economy. They want people to still be out and about, but they just want you to wear your mask in inside in high risk places because the Delta variant is very much here in California, very much here in LA County in the Palm Springs area now, unfortunately. And it's spreading. And unfortunately, it puts those people who are unvaccinated or high risk individuals at at a greater risk because we do know that this virus is or this variant, excuse me, is much more transmissible. And it is it's making people sicker. The data on whether or not it's actually more deadly is a little bit interesting because it's looking different in different parts of the world. So we still don't have a full handle on that. But we are seeing hospitalization rates from this go up as well as transmissibility rates. And that really puts people who are not vaccinated at higher risk. And so this is also a concern because the more that these viruses, this particular virus, gets a chance to mutate and have new variants, right? And then all of a sudden we're going to be going through the entire alphabet. Once that happens, those variants could potentially become more resistant to the vaccines. Good news if you're fully vaccinated, Delta variant does not seem to be an issue for you at all. That's great. But you can still pass it on to people who are not vaccinated. So, for example, if let's say AJ went around somebody not vaccinated, he could still pass the Delta variant even though he's vaccinated. Yes. So, again, the, the ability to... So it's a little bit complicated. So let's say you have two unvaccinated people. The ability for the Delta variant to transmit from one person who has it to another person who does not is two to three times higher than the previous variants, than the sort of regular coronavirus, if you will. But if you're vaccinated, that level of transmission goes down because you're vaccinated, but it still remains above previous because of the Delta variant is more transmissible. Does that make sense? So what, you know, no one is thinking that in places with really high vaccination rates, three of three of five people in L.A. County have at least one um, shot right now, which is fantastic. We have a really, really high rate of vac- vaccination. No one thinks that L.A. County is going to go into a full on lockdown or shutdown like we did before. We don't think we're going to see surges, you know, in the hospital and, and crazy things like we talked about here on the show before. Um, just from the Delta variant. But this does really, really put unvaccinated people at a super high risk, two to three times higher risk 
than before. And and we just don't want that, right? Whether you've been vaccinated or not, we don't want you to get this. We don't want you to get sick from it. Can I ask a question that might be crazy? And I'm just trying to understand all of this. So the Delta variant is what the, I guess, the fourth variant, if you're going A, B, C, D and the alphabet. Is that is that kind of how it works? Or is, it, is, it, is the Greek alphabet, how does it actually work? So great question. What what they did, this is the, the variant that was previously identified in India. I think it's B1167, I believe. So the what they've done is they've tried to take the uh, geographic nomenclature away from these. So the alpha variant yes. was the one we called the British variant. The mm-hmm. Delta one is the one we were calling the Indian variant for a while. Um, it's not necessarily in order of how they were found. They're just using Greek letters to okay, identify. Okay, so I guess my follow-up then is, so for those of us who are vaccinated and we're highly protected against the Delta variant right now, let's see this thing play out another six months or a year. And, and nobody new gets vaccinated. And it gives these variants uh, chances to get stronger and to mutate. Is it possible that if more people don't get vaccinated and these things do have a place to grow and continue kind of like doubling in strength or tripling in strength, that somewhere down the line, one of those later variants could very well then impact people who are fully vaccinated? It's it's plausible. Um, it. for I'm just sure. trying to understand how that works. Like it, absolutely, it, the, that, uh, the motivation for people to get to get vaccinated is yes to to prevent that. So yeah. that's actually what Dr. Michelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, um, mentioned just recently. And you know, she said that, and this this sort of takes a leap for people to think. You really got to just like put the phone down for a second. Don't be distracted. Like set your coffee down. Just like listen for a moment. The viruses mutate. It's what they do. They mutate and they replicate. It's literally their job. And if you give viruses, if you continue to give viruses naive hosts, meaning people as vehicles, we're the hosts, people who have either not had COVID-19, so they have no natural immunity to it, or have not been vaccinated, it's like a playground for the virus. And the virus is like, sweet, I get to get in there and replicate. And as viruses replicate frequently and quickly, they mutate just a little bit about every two weeks. And sometimes those mutations can start to make a difference. Lots of times, most of the time, those mutations don't mean anything. But when those mutations start to make a difference, we start to talk about them in these variants, alpha variant, delta variant, et cetera, because they're enough of a mutation that's made a difference that we can see it. And in the delta variant, so far, that one seems to be the most transmissible. So the more people who either don't have natural immunity because they didn't have COVID or they're not fully vaccinated are giving the virus opportunities to continue to mutate. And the fear is possibly down the road, one of those mutations, to your point, AJ, might be just enough to start poking through the, the vaccines and then even fully vaccinated people now become at risk. At risk. Mm. Yeah. Now, the good, the good news, I know we got to wrap here in a second, but the good news is so far we are seeing that people who are fully vaccinated with either Pfizer or Moderna, and that's what we have the data on, are still highly protected against the Delta variant. So that's the really, really good news and encourages more people to please get vaccinated. All right. Well, uh, Dr. James Simmons, we want to continue with you in What the Health, because this is a really interesting study. Could a bad marriage kill you? Does it equate um, how bad smoking is for you? We're going to discuss this toxicity coming up next. 
Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We've got Dr. James Simmons joining us once again for What the Health. Uh, Michaela, I know you're super excited about this conversation. Uh, toxicity. Yeah. And what it could actually do to you physically. Yeah. Well, it's it's really important and it's such an eye opener. You know, I know that um, AJ can share the sentiment with me. I grew up in a really, um, my parents were divorced and then I grew up in a really abusive household just watching my parents and um, I remember it making me feel so sick and I think I took some of those traits and brought it into my own relationship you know mm. me and Lisa have been together for six years obviously things aren't perfect like I'd like them to be however I've taken major steps to start healing that childhood trauma so that I'm not bringing that to Lisa and we're not bringing that to our children well, I saw a friend of mine I don't know if it was Dr. Therese or Dr. or, or, or not a doctor James Gay one of our therapist friends uh, posted something I think it was Therese actually said that trauma usually actually starts to show up physically in your life about 11 years after it happens emotional trauma wow, yeah and if you don't deal with it it'll get worse and worse and worse and sort of peak at 11 years well a study that was done over the course of 30 years um 10,000 men in israel were part of this study uh show that unsatisfactory relationships are as bad for you as smoking and a bad marriage could actually kill you wow. dr james these are some pretty bold claims what are your thoughts Old claims. This is the type of research that I like love talking about this longitudinal stuff as a like, you know, doctorally prepared person who had to study all this stuff. This is the really juicy stuff that we get into because they looked at uh, what amounted to 8,900 folks. They started with about 10,000 men. It went down to 8,900, 8,900 men in Israel who were all like state employees. So we have a kind of a limited subset of folks, but pretty good still. Right. So 8,900 men over 30 years. That's amazing. And basically what they looked at was how satisfied they were in their marriage on a scale of one to four, one being very, very satisfied four being not satisfied at all, like very unhappy. And they looked at their risk of dying premature, like prematurely, particularly from uh, like stroke was the real big indicator that they looked at or stroke. Uh, like things, cerebral vascular accidents. So what they found is that men who scored a four of their marriage, so very unhappy, over the 32 years were 69% more likely to die from stroke and 1.2 times more likely to die from any other cause of death when you take out Factors like smoking, sedentary, whatever, right? So they looked at these men and they were like, okay, we're going to calculate and do all the math to remove the factors of them being sedentary or smoking or having poor diets or all those other things that can lead to this, right? So we're going to wash that all out of the data and we're just going to be able to correlate unhappy marriage and death. And if you had an unhappy marriage, you were 69% more likely to die from stroke. Pretty clear cut. And they saw that over time. And what those rates are similar to, to what you two mentioned earlier, are similar rates for people who smoke and have sedentary lifestyles are roughly about 65 to 70% more likely to die from stroke-related complications than people who don't smoke or have sedentary lifestyle lifestyles. It is wild. I, You know, it totally makes sense. If you're just tuning in, we're uh, doing What the Health with Dr. James Simmons. Could a bad marriage kill you uh, due to the toxicity? Uh, when you when you get into just to a normal fight with your partner, 
I know if I get into a fight at night and I come into work the next morning, I'm taking it out on AJ. I'm taking it out on Justin. Not it's very true. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. I mean, not intentionally, <laughs> Same. but Same thing. it like sits inside me because it bothers me so much and it festers. Mm-hmm. It's like a bellyache. Well, we've talked about this on the show. You know, Dr. James, you, you, you understand, you know, you, you filled in for me for a couple of days while I was gone. And that's on top of your full time job, you know, working in the hospital. So thanks again for that. Um, but the rigors of a morning show, four hours a day, five days a week, uh, especially during a global pandemic at the height of Black Lives Matter, talking about pride and the, the abuse of our community over and over and over again. This last year, I've missed more work for stomach issues than I have my entire life. And I was almost embarrassed to do it, but luckily our, our boss was really great about it. But physically, the emotion of it all this last year I'm a deep empath, and my my body physically has been breaking down. That's and that's more common than people realize. It, way more common than, than people realize, and that I don't think people realize the connection between our gut and two other really important things that it doesn't seem to to have any connection, but they really do. Our mental and emotional health and our gut health are tied very, very, mm-hmm. very close together, and that is a physiological thing that is happening in our body. Also. Our gut health is really tied to our immune health. Mm. And guess what is also tied to our mental and emotional health, our immune health. The three of them all work together. So it is absolutely, I I will admit this to the world right now. I am a nervous pooper. Before any large (laughs) speaking engagement, before I was on the air with with Michaela, when I filled in for you, AJ, anything that makes me nervous, I poop Why? You were so great. Oh, no, my my fiance, exactly the same way. Isn't it wild? He hates me now. Because there is a connection (laughs) between those two things. And so it is wild the number of people we see with with things like uh, acute gastritis or gastroenteritis or these things. Maybe it's some sort of weird viral issue, but we don't actually really know what's going on. But they have this horrible GI upset going on. They also may have some really emotional things going on as well. Michaela's seen this firsthand with me. I had some really bad anxiety a few years ago. And then it's popped up a few times over the course of the last year as things get very, very stressful. And the way it starts for me is it's always deja vu and then intense burning in my chest that I actually feel physically go down into my stomach and then I have to go to the restroom. That's my that's my my cycle of my yeah. anxiety attacks every single time. I'll tell you what though, I used to make fun of those MLM girls for selling gut health like probiotics. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they are real though. You gotta like make sure you're doing your thing. Yeah, you got your probiotics. I'm drinking right one right there. now while it's well, sitting here. I'm not drinking it really that much. Doctor James Simmons, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, my pleasure. All right, coming up, Jamie Lynn Spears is finally breaking her silence, and so is Christina Aguilera in regards to Britney Spears. We've got the audio next. So we're super excited about this. It's almost time for what's popping. But here at Odyssey, we've got some exclusive stations that are uh, brand new, being curated for listeners like you. You can find your new summer soundtrack. There are hundreds and hundreds of new stations for summer barbecues, road trips, working out, or relaxing by the pool. You'll find a huge variety of music stations like Lady Gaga Radio, perhaps, mm. uh, Club Odyssey, I'm 290s for this dance, and more. I also hear we're getting a uh, Best of Broadway station very, very soon. 
That was my own request. Okay. I'm I very, very got, gay. Okay, thank uh, you. <laughs> head over to odyssey.com. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. Download the app uh, and get in on the fun. Mm-hmm. Now, Michaela Gordon, it's time for What's Poppin'. What do you got? Okay, so we've been talking in depth about Britney Spears and her speaking out against her family, uh, them forcing her to keep her IUD in to ensure that she wouldn't have children. Um, so her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, took to Instagram yesterday after making her comments uh, private. And here's what she had to say. Take a listen. Um, hey, everybody. I just want to take a second to address a few things. Uh, the only reason I haven't before is because I felt like until my sister was able to speak for herself and say what she felt she needed to say publicly, that it wasn't my place and it wasn't the right thing to do. But now that she's very clearly spoken and um, said what she needed to say, I feel like I can follow her lead and say what I feel I need to say. Um, I think it's extremely clear that it's the day I was born. I've only loved, adored, and supported my sister. I mean, this is my freaking big sister before any of this bullshit. Um, I don't care if she wants to run away to a rainforest and have a zillion babies in the middle of nowhere, or if she wants to come back and dominate the world the way she has so many times before. Because I have nothing to gain or lose either way. Um, I It's interesting because the internet is dragging Jamie Lynn Spears. And while I think that she did probably want to respect her sister's privacy in some ways, if that were my sister, I would make it very clear if she was unhappy. Um, she's also 30 years old. She has two children of her own. She's been able to find so much success because of her sister. Um, and we respect that it's her big sister, but Britney's like our big sister. Like yeah. Britney is adored and loved by her fans, and it's because of her fans that she's able to speak her freedom and her truth uh, to express um, her freedom and her truth. Not because of Jamie Lynn. Well, it also, just feels odd. She's also what 30, 31 now. She's yeah. an, she's an adult. She's made millions of dollars. She's very successful, and has not spoken out. And the anger in her voice. She sounds defensive. She sounds defensive to me. Yeah. And I'm not blaming any of this on her, but she sure didn't do anything to make it better. Well, Christina Aguilera also tweeted a lengthy lengthy message of support because she was also getting dragged. Well, she Um, and Brittany are so intertwined. Their careers are so, you know, they're always compared to each other. Yeah, but people wanted Jessica Simpson to say something, Christina Aguilera to say something, Justin Timberlake. Like, people are like, what is going on? And Justin has a couple of times. So she did tweet, it is unacceptable that any woman or human wanting to be in control of their own destiny might not be allowed to live life as they wish um, to be silenced ignored bullied or denied support by those close to you is the most depleting devastating and demeaning thing imaginable the harmful mental and emotional damage this t- can take on a human spirit is nothing to be taken lightly all I can do is share from my heart on what I've heard read and seen in the media um, my heart goes out to Brittany. She deserves all the true love and support in the world. Oh, I love that. I love it too. Well, this is interesting. When you're young and in your career at the beginning, everything is dictated by the team around you, right? Uh, once you get older and you're more established, I think you can sort of speak freely. And Christina, everybody thought she hated Britney all these years. You know, though, let me say this. I grew up also in a very competitive world. There's girls that I still look at, and there's not like a frenemy thing going on, but it's like, there's a little inner competition. We're friends, but I'm also like, oh my God, she's amazing. But competition's good, but I think people are taught, especially women at a young age, to see the other person as the enemy. But I'm saying the way that they have put Christina and Britney against each other, it's... 
There's always healthy competition. I don't think there was ever any hatred. And at the end of the day, Christina's coming out and now standing up for her friend. Mm. Why is it different than Jamie Lynn Spears? Because Christina's not Jamie's, uh, because Christina's not Britney's sister. Jamie is. Yeah. I, I think it's important. All right, well, coming up in our final hour, Doc Halligan is joining us. What to do with your pets for the 4th of July from grills, pools, and fireworks? What to do? Welcome back to the morning beat. Just having a good conversation off air about how we don't stick to our goals. Ugh. I just got a reminder on my phone that I have a physical coming up, and I, I started getting yearly physicals when I turned 40 last year. And my doctor said, Your cholesterol is a little bit high and you need to lose a few pounds. And I was like, Wait, what? What who am I? Huh? And so I made I made a goal uh, to get my cholesterol down and to lose a certain amount of weight before my next physical. I hit the goal. But then I gained most of the weight back. So here I am, and I just got a reminder moments ago that I have to go to the doctor this week. Yeah, it's fine. What goals do you have besides drinking three gallons of water every day, apparently, during the show? I have so many goals that it literally gave me a live panic attack this morning, being like, oh, I got to cover all these goals. But I will say... Same. I was just was reminded of a photo from last year at this time. My body was like rocking. Like we had nothing to do, you know? So you just like work out and like live on air. I looked in the mirror yesterday and I was like, how dare you? Well, isn't that funny how you say, you say we had nothing to do? Well, for part of the pandemic, nothing to do meant Cheez-Its and red wine. Yeah. And then for another part of the pandemic, nothing to do meant go work out like a maniac. Yeah. So it could go either way, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You look great. Thank you, babe. You I look saw great, you, too. Listen, I saw you just this weekend, and your little booty was out, and you were wearing a little Beyonce outfit with fringe hanging from your your entire costume, and you were wearing high heels because it's all you packed for the entire weekend in Denver because that's very <laughs> – who wears high heels on an airplane, by the way? If that thing goes down, you're a goner. Honey, I mean, I would go down the slide and, like, poke the slide with my heel and just let the air out for everybody. Uh, Nobody yeah, could get out. destroyed everybody. <laughs> Flotation device, you land over the ocean, a water that's landing, so you're a brand. goner. Yeah. That's so on brand. It's actually a good, like, SNL skit. <laughs> yeah, the plane, like, crashes. I'm like, well, we can still make it. I go down the slide, I pop it with Here, my heels. I'll go first so I can help everybody out. You ruin it for everyone. I have, like, the best intentions. I'm like, here, hand me your baby. But then it's just, like, popped. <laughs> no one can get out of the plane. This very, turned dark. Very, what? Very dark and on brand. <laughs> uh, coming up this hour in about 12 minutes from right now, our celebrity veterinarian Doc Halligan is calling in. Fourth of July right around the corner, um, but can pose a lot of dangers for your pets, uh, your dogs, your cats. Maybe you have a lizard, uh, an iguana perhaps. Uh, how to keep them safe this Fourth of July weekend. We're talking about <laughs> grills, pools, people, fireworks, all of it. Uh, she's going to be calling in to keep us safe. It's my dog's first Fourth of July. We're very, very excited to spend it with him. Uh, we're going to put him in a pet hotel overnight so we can go rage at a pool That's party. That's so good though so- <laughs> because the dogs get scared. Yeah. We have to make sure that we're with Rocco and Bruno. I remember Lucky, we used to have to put his thunder vest on. Wait, and- wait, 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 I'm sorry, what is that? A thunder vest. What is that? Okay, so it's like a um, it's like a little vest that you wrap around them, and it feels like a warm like hug, and it makes them feel. Aww. I know. So they don't get anxiety from thunder. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when it rains or when there's fireworks, and then Lucky would just like drug him, and he would just be like, CBD, CBD trees, they work wonders. Yeah. All right. How about some news on the beat? All right. Well, investigators are on the scene of the Florida condo collapse. 
trying to figure out how and why a portion of the building came down. A six-person team of scientists, structural engineers, and a geotechnical engineer from the National Institute of Standards and Technology is conducting a preliminary investigation of the collapsed building's materials, history, and applicable building codes at the time it was built, the surrounding ground, and other factors. Documents show condo owners were also facing assessments for about $15 million worth of repairs, with payments set to begin a week after the building's deadly fall. The tragedy has raised haunting questions about building integrity that reach far beyond South Florida. Meanwhile, families are still holding out hope for good news in the agonizing rescue process. So far, 11 people have died and 150 remain missing. Just devastating. Um, Okay, well, let's get into a little weather. Summer is here. And it is queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It's a high of 106 in Indio, 99 in Sacramento, 84 in Chicago, a high of 84 in Buffalo, and 88 in Seattle. Now at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now give us a vibe of the day. When you start taking care of yourself, you start feeling better, you start looking better, and you start to attract better. It all starts with you. I love that. All right, well, coming up, Doc Halligan is joining us to talk about the 4th of July. Dangers for pets, from grills to fireworks, what you need to do coming up next. Welcome back to the morning beat. Now, this is the time of the year where fireworks go off randomly. If you live in Los Angeles, uh, we saw three or four different sets of them going off just last night. No idea why. Uh, but 4th of July is right around the corner. It's time for family, friends, barbecues. More of us are going to be getting together this year because the pandemic has eased up. Uh, we're not out of it just yet. Uh, but we do have to keep in mind our fur babies during this time of year, especially if you have dogs or cats. So we've got our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, on the line. Doc, thanks for being here. Um, now, there's obviously fireworks. People think of fireworks a lot, and it can scare uh, your animals. But Michaela just told me about something they did at their dog called a thunder vest that helps with anxiety. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. There are vests that work with acupuncture points in your pet that do sometimes help alleviate anxiety. Um, but it doesn't work with every dog. Hmm. You can use them with cats as well. So if you want to go down that road, you want to try it ahead of time. And I think the biggest thing for me, I'm working Saturday as a vet. Um, Here's the thing. In the state of California, I have to have senior pets within a year to prescribe medication. That is the law. And so what will happen is we'll be flooded with people that all of a sudden realize that their pets have an anxiety and they need to get medication and then they can't get in to get an exam. Um, There are great products now that we will prescribe for pets that have anxiety with the fireworks so your pets don't have to suffer. And I like doing the layering. So you can do the Thunder Vest, but if your pet is a 10 out of uh, 1 to 10 as far as having anxiety, a Thunder Vest alone probably isn't going to work. And you may need to supplement with medication as well. But the point is that, you know, if you if you haven't seen a vet in a year and you have a pet that you know has anxiety, try to start calling around now because there's sometimes there's a two-week waiting period 
just to get in to see a vet. Mm. That is true. I ran into that exact problem a couple weeks ago. It's about two weeks. Yeah, it's really scary. Well, you know, um, something that's happening is that people are getting back into the real world. So they're going to be going to Fourth of July parties. Last year was totally different. Um, And I think that our animals have gotten so used to us being home and being with them for a year and a half that as we're venturing out, it's got to be really scary for them to not only not have their parents, but fireworks are going off. So what would you do to help ease your pet's anxiety without the vest and kind of get him back into the real world again? Well, like I said, Michaela, if your pet is a 10 and and could absolutely jump through a window or hurt themselves, you want to work with your vet because we have products that really help. We didn't have products 10 years ago, but we do now. But the other thing you can do, you can try the vest products from your vet. You can try to desensitize them to sounds. So you know the bubble wrap paper? Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows the bubble wrap, right? <laughs> so what you do is have your pet laying there and be a distance from it and do a pop. And then be like, oh, look, see, everything's good. So you you can counter condition or desensitize to that popping sound so that the pet can then see, oh, that pop is the bubble wrap. Because part of their anxiety, you guys, is they don't know what's going on. So they hear boom, 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 boom. And they're like, where is it? So if you show them. When you're popping it, oh look, see, well, it's just you know this. That's a really great bit of advice because Doc Hallingham, we got my dog back in January, my puppy, and he's fantastic uh-huh. and he's so acclimated. But my partner is really smart. He went on our TV, got on YouTube on our Apple mm-hmm. TV, and he would mm-hmm. play uh, sounds that were created for puppies that were like sirens going off and gunshots and fireworks and all sorts of pretty ridiculous sounds. But he played yeah. them for him his first few weeks he was alive. He doesn't get upset about anything now. And he's really acclimated. I do want to ask you on a personal note. uh, This weekend, we went out of town for the first time, and we've had family watch our dog, but we boarded them for the first time this weekend. And he had Mm -hmm. a lot of playtime, and it wore him out. We watched him on camera on our little vacation the whole weekend long. He's now sleeping Mm -hmm. because he's exhausted. Um, We're planning on doing that one more time for one night. We have a big 4th of July party to go to that's going to go late. We don't want to have him in his kennel all night long. So we're boarding Mm -hmm. him. Um, Is is that okay to do with dogs? Because we felt kind of guilty. Oh, no, that's absolutely fine. Look, at you You want to be able to live your life, and a safe, well-run boarding facility is absolutely perfect for a dog. And usually, if you have a great dog, they're going to get a lot of attention at the boarding facility. Hmm. I would say to bring a lot of familiar items for him, yep. even like T-shirts of your smell, so they have that. You want to bring your food. Um, no, I think it's good. You have to live your life. You want your pet to be away from you. You don't want them to be with you 100% of the time. It's it's not normal, and it doesn't instill confidence in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Thanks. Well, Doc Halligan, we appreciate you so much, as always, for answering our questions. For more of Doc Halligan, go to... Doc Halligan, go to DocHalligan.com or you can download her podcast Unleashed. Have a safe and happy 4th of July and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, you too. Take care. Alright, coming up, find out how humor can help you move up in your career coming up next. Tell me something good. 
my favorite part of the show, Michaela. Oh, yeah, baby. Not because, well, the reasons you might think. We get to go home and take a nap after this. But because we get to share really positive stories with our listeners before we uh, wrap things up for the day. So how about I'll, I'll go first. Okay, babe. And then you'll go. Done. And then I'll go again if we have time. Okay, great. All right. Honda. You know Honda. Yeah. Honda Accord. Honda. What else is there? <laughs> All I know is the Accord. Civic. The Civic. Yeah. The CRV. The HRV. Wow, Justin. Whoa. Did As you a work proud for Honda? Honda owner, I. Okay, I, I that's so that very tracks. un-American of you. Well done. Um, no, but Honda's doing something really fantastic uh, for those who are visually impaired. They've actually built an in-shoe navigation system, so uh, those who are blind could walk around more easily. That's amazing. So this new technology is being developed in Japan by a company called uh, Asherase. Uh, it aims to help those who would benefit by creating an in-shoe navigation system. According to the company, the hope is to have the product out and ready to go by March of 2023. Uh, this is really fantastic. These these things actually, and this is, feels like the first generation, but they almost look like little iPod cases. Or not iPod cases. Yeah, uh, iPod cases. Um, not iPod, AirPod cases, and they attach to your shoe, and then there's an app that goes with it. Uh, it uses a motion sec- a motion sensor. Wow, I can't talk. This is really fantastic. It's okay. A you, motion you sensor attached to the outside of your shoe, paired with your smartphone, will vibrate based on routes set in your app. So it'll vibrate to let you know if you should turn left or right. That's so great. How cool is that? That's amazing. Using your other senses to make up for the lack of one of them you've lost. Yeah. So beautiful. So kudos to you, uh, Honda. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Okay, well, this story's so sweet. A little old granny named Jeannie Schaffer uh, is a serial knitter. She's 90 years old, and she's knitted over 11,000 hats for newborns. Um, she's not looking to slow down. For over 15 years, she's been volunteering hours of her time at the UPMC Western Maryland um, which is a hospital where uh, they keep their little newborns and they needed hats um, to put on the babies to help stabilize their body temperature. And so she's just been busy. She stays busy knitting hats for these little newborns. And the hospital ended up um, honoring her and thanking her. And she said she was incredibly moved by the gesture um, because they also compiled a bunch of photos and put them in a little book and sent them to her so she could see the little hats that she made for these babies. Come on, Jeannie. She's cute. Come on, Jeannie Schaffer. How about this? I've got the best bar name for you. So if you thought about opening a bar, you just missed your opportunity. This name is great. It's called the Stumble Inn Bar and Grill. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's in New Hampshire uh, and they just got uh, quite a shock. Apparently, somebody came in for a couple of chili dogs Right, I love a good chili dog. By the way, mm-hmm. I need to get one. It's been it a already, while. It's already hurting my stomach. Uh, the full tab was thirty-seven dollars and ninety-three cents. This anonymous uh, patron then decided to leave a sixteen-thousand-dollar tip for the employees of this bar. That's amazing. Well, because this inn had closed uh, indoor seating for a few months, adjusting the pandemic, took some uh, takeout orders, outdoor dining, but. Uh, the employees were struggling. And so because of the $16,000 tip, they've all been able to share it and, and kind of pay off some bills and, and get some breathing room, which is really, really awesome. That's so incredible. Let's go give somebody $16,000. Let's just go do it. Let's go do it. Give me $16,000. You first. You, you first. Give me. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, we have a great show for you tomorrow as always. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. At McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Uh, we have Pride House LA joining 
joining us. And also Kylie Sonique Love. I cannot wait. Um, and then the original Jan Eve Plum joining us. From the Brady Bunch. From the Brady Bunch. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we have a very busy show for you tomorrow. So as always, thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.